So there's lots and lots of exciting things happening. And I think you sort of put all of that in the context of an economy that could be slowing, a job market that could be slowing. And I'm really hopeful that we can be there and help people if indeed the economic situation gets worse. Uh, And by the way, I hope it doesn't. But if it does, I hope we can be part of the solution for a bunch of people and a bunch of families. Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's the CEO and co-founder at Borrowwell. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew Graham. Great to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Likewise. Let's just jump right into it. How about you give us a brief uh, history of who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm uh, Andrew, as you as you so uh, well introduced me, and I am one of the uh, co-founders of Borowell. And Borowell is one of Canada's largest uh, fintech companies. And what we mean by that, or what what fintech is, is essentially we have um, a bunch of services that help you with your personal finances. Uh, we were the first company to offer credit scores for free. So if, you, if you've ever wondered. Uh, what your credit is like, what your credit score is like, you can find out at borowell.com and it's all it's all free. We've had over 2 million Canadians sign up uh, from, from the beginning. So that's, uh, I guess that's both an answer and a bit of a plug. I hope you don't mind that. <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> that's awesome. So maybe let's take a little step back to, I'm sure you've gained tons of insights and um, your career journey must be uh, really dynamic and complex, uh, but uh, perhaps you could let us in on a little how that journey was like uh, from when you first started to now being the CEO and co-founder of uh, such a large, successful fintech company here in Canada. Uh, well, look, I've had a number of different stages in my career, um, and I, I won't bore you with all the details, but I spent the first part of my career in the public sector, I worked for a nonprofit, and I worked in uh, in politics and government, uh, uh, working for a cabinet minister, a couple of cabinet ministers in Ottawa. I uh, then went and did an MBA. Um, then I worked for big companies for a couple of years, uh, more than a couple, in fact, about four or five years, and then really decided at that point that I wanted to start something on my own. I didn't want to be in sort of bigger organizations uh, anymore, and left to start Borwell. So. I've had those different stages, and I've really learned a lot uh, through through each one. Um, and uh, though certainly the most fun and the most rewarding uh, has been founding a company and seeing it uh, seeing it grow. Absolutely. One of the things I saw that I thought was remarkable is that you won the EY Entrepreneur of the Year in 2019 award. Uh, so I was just curious: was entrepreneurship always sort of in your vision for your future? How did you get into entrepreneurship? You know, I think some people wake up um, or are born to you know to be entrepreneurs, and that's all they ever want to do. Uh, you know, I I really have tried different things. I, I uh, you know I had a really uh, terrific few years working in in politics and government. I really found it compelling to uh, to be able to be around the table for for policy conversations. And then you know I had some rewarding years at, at larger companies, but ultimately. You know, at that point in my life, I was I'd actually founded a nonprofit on the side, and I was finding that I was having a lot more fun in the evenings working on my nonprofit than I was, uh, you know, sometimes during the day at my at my my job at bigger companies. And so, you know, that was a real clue for me that I would enjoy uh, entrepreneurship. And certainly, you know, I've loved it. And uh, you know, I again, I've learned things from different stages of my career. 
I think if anything, you know, jumping onto the entrepreneurship path earlier may, um, you know, may have been exciting as well. So uh, uh, th- th- this has certainly been a great fit for me. Well, that's uh, spoken like a true entrepreneur. I, I love that. <laughs> um, speaking of your current uh, Orwell, um, obviously you're helping Canadians with their financial health through tools uh, like the cre- that, like the free credit credit score, like you mentioned. Um, I also saw doing my research that you're, there's a new program, the Rent Advantage. Perhaps you could maybe speak a bit about that. Yeah. So for those of your listeners who don't know, you know, we all have a credit score and that's essentially a three digit number that is a summary or an encapsulation of how well you've handled credit in your life. So every time you make a payment on a credit card or an auto loan or a mortgage or whatever that gets reported to the credit bureaus and goes into your credit score. Um, And the challenge is that rent uh, and paying rent traditionally has not counted in your credit score. So it's never been reported to the credit bureaus or not very often at least. And that just doesn't make a lot of sense. It feels really unfair that you might have someone who's paying $1,000 a month for a mortgage and then, you know, someone else who's paying $1,000 a month in rent and, you know, paying your mortgage counts towards your your credit history, but your, your rent doesn't. And when you look at the data, renters have credit scores that are about 100 points lower on average than homeowners. So this is a real problem because if you're renting and trying to get into the housing market, how do you demonstrate that you'd be a good risk for a a bank if your rent isn't reported? So we developed a new product called Rent Advantage. And what that allows you to do is you sign up and it's it's, uh, it's $5 a month and we report your rent payments to Equifax and that goes into your credit score. You know, lenders can see that history of you making rent payments every month on time and, uh, you know, that, that, that should, uh, you know, all things equal, make it easier for you to get a mortgage or, or um, get, get other kinds of loans. Awesome. That's, that's, that's great. Uh, speaking of the building credit side of things, what, what are maybe some of the biggest challenges when building your credit to finally get that move into the home ownership uh, space? Yeah. So, so, you know, to be able to buy a home and get a mortgage, you need to have um, a debt down payment, you also need to have a strong enough credit score and credit history uh, to be able to do that. And, you know, th- there's there, there's certainly a problem for many people starting out because without any credit history, it's hard to get your first loan or your first credit card. So how do you sort of get on that, on that, um, on that journey where you're building that history? So, you know, for it's important to, first of all, start early and, and start demonstrating that you can handle credit, like a you know low limit credit card, for example, and do it responsibly. I would never tell someone get a credit card if they don't think they can make the payments on time, but start with a, you know, a, low, a low limit credit card and show that you can handle that month after month and make, make your payments on time. And that will help you as, you, as you, you know, get older and want to take on things like buying a house or buying a car, uh, you, you'll be much better positioned. Absolutely. And speaking of just ways to build your credit, I know financial literacy, at least for me, is a big, uh, big issue that I, I love to talk about. But uh, what's maybe one common myth about building your credit uh, that you wish would be debunked? Yeah. So the more often you apply for credit, you know, that essentially lowers your score. So if you go out one day and apply for 10 credit cards, that's going to hurt your credit score for good reason. It looks like you're you're in sort of a place of desperation or or you're, at least you're not making a very sound judgments if you're applying for 10, 10 credit cards in a day. On the other hand, monitoring your credit through a service like ours, through Borowell, 
um, where you're you're doing it to learn and to watch, that does not affect your credit. So there's a there's a misconception out there that checking your own credit score it harms your credit score, and it doesn't. So applying for credit can hurt your credit score. Checking it yourself through a service like ours does not hurt your credit score. So we we often have to reassure people that signing up to borrow well is not going to hurt your credit score. And you know now you know six years later and two million people later, uh, two million uh, members later, we've got the I think lots and lots of proof points and data to show that. So, so you'd mentioned that there's about 2 million people using Borwell right now. Um, I'm always curious asking my guests that come on the podcast, what does success look like to you? Um, it could be professionally, personally, but what, what's something or yeah, just in general, what does success look like? Uh, it's a great question. And I think my, my answer to that question has changed a lot over over the years, I, I think, um, you know, for, for me now, the two things that get me most excited coming to work in the morning um, are, first of all, the, you know, the, the, the mission that we're on, which is to help people find financial prosperity. So just to dig into that for a second, when you survey people, when you survey consumers and you ask them, what, what's your biggest worry in life? What keeps you up at night? The number one answer in Canada, the US, lots of other places is my finances. So there are lots and lots of people who are going to go to bed tonight worried about their finances. There are lots and lots of people who are going to have a fight with or an argument with their, you know, their spouse or their partner or whatever today about their finances. And I'm sure all of us, you know, in ways big or small, have had times where we've been stressed about our finances. And when you're worried about your finances, it's very, very hard to sort of worry about other things. Um, you know, and I, I, certainly in my life, my, you know, my wife and I went through a, a you know, major house renovation um, four or five years ago. And anyone who's done that, I'm sure can relate to the to the financial challenges, those pose where you go in with a budget and then, you know, your budget ends up being pushed up and, you know, scope increases and costs increase. And that caused a lot of stress for us. And, and by the way, look, that's obviously a very privileged financial problem. That wasn't about worrying about putting food on the table. But nevertheless, you know, it, it, it was an event that caused a lot of stress for me and a lot of stress in my in my household, and it was a re- reminder as I was building Borwell that financial stress is, is real. And the opportunity that we have as a company is to try to lessen the financial stress that people feel by helping them be more educated about their credit. We have tools to actually help people uh, establish and grow their credit like Rent Advantage. And so that mission for me is really meaningful. And many of the people that were, were who use Borwell most often are people who are the most worried about their credit. And so seeing people um, in our app reviews or with our customer service say that, hey, you helped me increase my credit score, or you just helped me feel better about my finances, that um, that's that's like really gratifying. Uh, that that that's really you know very gratifying. So that's sort of like you know having impact on a mission I care about, I think is the first pillar for me of what of what a successful professional life looks like. And I think the other is is really um, changing growth. And certainly my job and my role, has changed a ton over the years. Well, you know, when we started, I, it was literally just me for the first few few months around a table um, uh, in uh, you know in a in an incubator space, and then slowly but surely we've sort of built the team and built the company. And so my job day to day has changed a lot. You know, I went from being involved to every decision to being involved in in you know um, just uh, just a handful, just the decisions that 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 require my involvement. Um, uh, you know, these days at the stage we're at. So that, you know, that, that, 
day-to-day or week-to-week or month-to-month change in my own job and in my own life has also been really gratifying. So I think what I've learned is like having impact on an issue I care about in a role that's like constantly changing and growing, boy, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty great. I feel pretty lucky. That's awesome. Speaking of growing and growth, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's, what's next for Andrew and Borwell? Is there any uh, milestones or, or future goals that you're um, kind of marching towards or what that you're willing to share on the podcast? Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a super exciting year for us uh, because we've launched um, the Rent Advantage uh, program that I mentioned that helps you report your rent to Equifax. Um, and we've also launched a new credit building loan product that's essentially a small loan where you pay $10 a month. Um, and, th- and that's a great sort of starter loan if you're if you're trying to establish your credit. And we have a whole bunch of other new new products that we um, that we're working on, and we and that that you know will will come to market in due course. So there's lots and lots of exciting things happening. And I think you know you, you sort of put all of that in the context of a um, an economy that could be slowing, a job market that could be slowing. And you know I- I'm really hopeful that we can be there and help uh, help people if if indeed. The economic situation gets worse, uh, and by the way, I hope it doesn't. But if it does, I hope we can be part of the solution for um, for a bunch of people and a bunch of families. Absolutely. Um, one question I, I do love to ask my guests also is, what's what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Uh, I feel like I get asked a lot of questions uh, over the course <laughs> of the day, whether whether it work or whether for my 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 three kids. Um, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I can certainly, maybe I'll answer it in a slightly different way. I mean, in, you know, what, what, what's something that I'm, I'm thinking a lot about these days, uh, and I don't, and I don't get to talk a lot about, I'm really, I've been doing a lot of reading, um, and listening about the question of like, what makes us happy and, and essentially how bad we are as a species at knowing what makes us happy. And a lot of those messages, a lot of those like, um, lessons have really hit home for me. I remember I got, I've been very, very career focused for a lot of my life. And especially with Borowell, I, I just remember so many times where I'd be like, you know what? I'm like, I'm one person around a table. If we can get to having 10 employees, boy, then I'll be happy. Then I'll really feel satisfied. Or, you know, we launched free credits for and sort of say, boy, if we can have a thousand people using this, wouldn't that be amazing? And then you get to it, you get to 10 employees and you get to a thousand people. And the goalposts, of course, shift, right? Then it's like, well, if, if only we had a million people using using it, man, wouldn't that be, then I think I'd really be happy. And then of course, now we have 2 million and I can tell you there's those same thoughts of like, you know, why don't we have 10 million people using this? Like that, if, if we had 10 million people and a thousand employees, boy, then I really would have made it. And I, I just think so much of this success stuff is really a game and it's a game that we play with ourselves. And we have this, you know, we have these like, just like erroneous thoughts that if I finally meet you know, reach milestone X or Y, then I'll be satisfied or then I'll be happy. And I think, you know, one of the big learnings for me during the pandemic is, is to really like try to catch those thoughts and, and see them for what they are, which is to say like, that's just not how we've, we've evolved to sort of always want more and, and to never be truly satisfied. And I'm at a place in my life where, you know, there's lots more I'd love to do and I have big ambitions for the company, but I also really try to spend a lot more time being thankful every day for what I have. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a, have three great kids and and a wife and a family and and a job I really enjoy and um you know we, we, this this isn't uh you know, I haven't again we don't we we don't have a hundred million people there's a lot more we could do I but but I think 
I, I really try hard to remind myself to be, to sort of show that, to be grateful uh, and to be thankful for what I have because things could, uh, things, you know, life can always get worse is, a, is another <laughs> good uh, piece of that lesson. So maybe that was a longer answer than you wanted, maybe more sort of philosophical, but that, 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 that sort of constellation of things of happiness and how we sort of trick ourselves into being unhappy is, is something I think a lot about these days. Mm, that's, that's, that's wonderful. I think it sounds like just having that gratitude balancing kind of the career ambition and also my gratitude of what you have right now, maybe not so much complacency, but just having that full robust perspective of uh, what you have and what you were trying to, what you're trying to get to. Speaking of that though, uh, you, you mentioned you have a family as well. So I'm always curious, how do you, how do you balance work life uh, kind of going to those goals and also uh, focusing on more of the personal side? You know, I think having having kids uh, has been has been you know uh, really really good in terms of um, tempering some of those uh, you know some some of the ambitions that I like. I think before I had kids, I was just so focused on work that my life was more narrow. And now having a family, it, it sort of forces you to certainly it's forced me to sort of pull back and have better better context um, and, and perspective. Because what I found is, especially with young kids, whether I have a great day at work and, you know, seal some big deal or, you know, speak to some group or something and, and everyone's happy, my kids don't really care. Like they, they, either they're, you know, happy, like they're, they come home happy and want to show me things or they're unhappy with me because I, you know, for, for whatever reason, I, you know, I didn't give them the food they wanted after dinner or whatever. It, it really is grounding. And I think it, it provides really sort of great perspective and a reminder that um, I'm really proud of what I do at work and I'm, I love my work, um, but it's one aspect of life and it's not the only aspect of life. And um, I, you know, I've got some humans who depend on me and, and I want to part of what I need to do during the course of the day is, is uh, give them what they need. So, and I think by the way, it's maybe a better CEO and a better leader. I, I'm more empathetic. I understand the challenges that people face as parents or frankly, you know, whenever, um, whatever the issue is, you know, it's, it's hard caring for a sick family member or a sick spouse. Uh, and I think, you know, having, having kids has helped me realize that, that, you know, we, we all live multifaceted lives and uh, it's important to sort of show empathy for, 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 you know, for people uh, who are coming from very different circumstances, uh, whatever they may look like. Absolutely. Uh, speaking, speaking then more on the ambition side of things and uh, career side of things, what would you say is, been your most unique skill that has made you become so successful? Um, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm, uh, pretty good at, um, building a, building a strong team, um, and, uh, you know, creating a shared sort of culture and vision for that team. Um, you know, in, in the early days of Borowell, when we were a really small company, if something were, you know, something went wrong, like if we had a, a, like a negative outcome, like we launch a product and it doesn't work, often I was involved in those decisions. So I could look back and say, gee, I, you know, should have asked this other question or now when things go wrong, often I'm not involved because it happened in a different part of the company. And I think we've done a really good job at hiring great people. So if something goes wrong and you've got great people, then you sort of have to ask, like, what, why? Like, what, what did we do wrong in terms of creating the context or creating the culture that led to, you know, great people making, making decisions that, 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 you know, weren't good? And I think often, you know, the answer is cultural things, right? So it's, 
it's um uh you know pe- uh and guess what i mean by that is you know, people um not thinking about the right thing so so you know we, we want to be a, a company that's uh uh obsessed with our customers and and their needs so if we let down a customer what was it about about that set of decisions that meant that you know we didn't serve a customer properly um so i i really spend a lot of time now thinking about you know do we have the right team in place and then do we have the right sort of cultural uh you know uh, the, the right culture are people acting in in ways that i think are going to be are going to be sort of in the long term interest of the company and i think that's most of my job now and i it's it's it, those are aspects of the job that i've always really enjoyed and there's lots of things i'm i'm not good at but i think i am good at at um at spotting talent and bringing people together and, and creating a good team. Sounds like building teams and culture is one of the key pieces as an entrepreneur to build a successful company. Um, I only have a couple more questions here for you, uh, Andrew. Um, what's maybe something that you're proud of that we haven't touched on in the interview so far? Uh, I, I mean, I feel you've been um, very gracious in 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 highlighting different things that I'm that, that you know letting me talk about Borowell and um, and and talk about you know my my family. I mean, I think I'd, what I'd go back to is uh, you know w- within our two million members at Borowell, we serve all types of people, right? We serve people who have very high credit scores, who are, have you know lots of money, and who are very focused on uh, just you know protecting that, making sure that no one's stealing their identity. That's great. All that kind of thing is, is important. But I think we've also created a company that, that really helps people who are um, in more challenging situations. Uh, for example, people who are new to Canada or who are new to credit and have really no touch points in the financial system. And they come to us uh, looking for, you know, looking for those, look, looking for that entree or people that have had really challenging financial situations. We talked, I talked to one of our customers a while ago who had gone through a very Bad divorce, and over the course of that, um, it, you know, he had uh, had to pay a lot of legal bills and other things, and so his credit card uh, bills and other loans had gone unpaid, and it really kind of destroyed his credit. And this is someone who had a very, you know, very well-paying professional job, and had spent years trying to sort of claw his way back. And and you know, Borowell played a role in that in that story. So I, I think I'm I'm you know really proud of. Uh, you know, the fact that we're able to help people who are maybe more ignored by the mainstream financial system, um, who don't fit as neatly into, into some of the uh, customer profiles that, um, that larger institutions might want. Uh, so I, I, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be, uh, you know, a company focused on helping people who, who want to sort of, you know, improve themselves and, and, uh, and build their, their standing within the financial system. I love that. I love that you're helping many facets of people and also solving that problem of the unfairness in the rental markets as well. I think what you what you guys are doing is awesome and I really appreciate you having being on the podcast and uh, sharing those insights and experiences. Well, thank you so much for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I'd like to end the interview with one last question. Um, so my last question to you, Andrew, is what does being a leader or leadership mean to you? For me, being a leader, I think, is about uh, going from vision to reality, right? It's about articulating a vision and then making it real. And I think the making it real is actually the harder, the much harder piece. Um, I remember when I started out as an entrepreneur, 
I was always worried that, you know, I, I shouldn't share my ideas. People might steal them. Uh, you know, and I, I still meet entrepreneurs who are like that. I think what I've realized is, you know, ideas are, are important, but there's a lot of ideas out there and there's a lot of people with ideas. And the really hard part is turning an idea into reality. So taking that vision of how you want it to be, getting the right people around the table, getting the right resources together, building the solution. That's the hard part. Um, and but to me, that's what that's what leadership is about. It's it's saying this is how I want to I want to change this corner of the world in this specific way, and here's how we're going to do it. And uh, you know, come let's do it together. So for me, that's what leadership's about. Hi, I'm Andrew Graham, and you're listening to Joe Momo presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right. See you next time.